So we are – hey, Pip, thanks for keeping track of me, brother. We are. Somebody's got to be the boy. boss here. Man. Come on, man. I run my own show. I don't know what you do. I, I'm just a pretty face. That's all I am. <laughs> so listen, anyway, I, we have an incredible group um, here tonight. We got uh, – on my screen, I got eight guys, including myself, um, on the Zoom podcast. And we got California, New Jersey, South Carolina, and Delaware represented, um, which I think is a, a unique aspect of where we are today. Um, you know, with this pandemic and the coronavirus, um, it forced us at National Fire Radio to find other ways to communicate, which I'm super excited about because it allowed us to explore the, the, the ability to talk to guys across the country and not just in our studio. For so long, we've been doing interviews in our studio, which I absolutely love because we get to sit there and actually, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with, with a brother or a sister. But this is fantastic, too, because it allows us to get guys like none of you know each other. I mean, other than like two or three of you guys, like nobody really knows each other. I've ever met any each other before. And by the end of tonight, I think what's going to happen is uh, you guys are going to see very much that you guys all exhibit the same traits and ambition and desire for the fire service as in culture and training and all of that. And that's kind of why I assembled this group tonight, just to have a, a really just a great conversation about the fire service in general and, and talk about training. Um, First of all, I'd love to, we'll introduce you guys as you go and as we go, um, but um, we got Pip from 555 Fitness, and obviously, he's also come over to the National Fire Radio family with, um, with uh, uh, the Size Up podcast. Pip, thanks for being here, pal. Your hair is on point as always. My hair is not on point, man. It's, it looks I need good, more, man. I need more product. I'm ordering. No, I'm on Amazon. I'm on Amazon tomorrow to order more product. It's fine. It's going to be uh, so long. Cameron. Cameron off the West Coast out in Cal Fire. Brother, pleasure having you on here, man. You and I go back and forth, and I just absolutely, you are a joy to talk with. And uh, I love the content you put out. Um, you're putting out some great stuff. And uh, we'll share all the Instagram handles later and so on so everybody knows. Um, Doug's a friend. Doug, Doug and I ride together, but he's also uh, a career fireman in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey. Doug, thanks for being here, pal. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Absolutely. Joe Vanderplatt, assistant chief in Wyckoff, New Jersey, friend of mine. Um, really a guy that gets it. Um, he seems to be the voice of reason all the time, which I love. Um, when everybody's veering off in different directions, Joe's kind of the guy that keeps everybody on track, which I absolutely love. Steve Eller, um, rock star out of Fountain Inn, South Carolina. Now you're shaking your head. No? I'm not a rock star. You're not? Well, no, I, I thought you don't play the guitar or anything like that. No, that not instrumental. I, okay. I just wear a cool T-shirt. That's all I do. I well, listen. I mean, you get a free, you get a T-shirt with this job, so that's good. Listen, I I will tell you, um, we were in South Carolina a few months ago um, for our on and we went to Fountain Inn, and and Steve was just a, just a great dude, man, who was totally into the job, and his content on Instagram is killer. Um, and he's totally into it, man. He, he made a post today about uh, the bars on the shirt, man. I just I loved it. I ate it up. So it was good stuff. I don't get any credit for proofreading. What's that? I don't get any credit for proofreading. You sent me like a five. Is that what it was? You, you got it. Are you the brains behind it? I got it. I love it. I love it. And then we got Nick Brooksman, man. Uh, Nick is uh, a fireman from New Jersey with uh, originally, and then he, he went down to PG County in Maryland, and now he's in Christiana, Delaware. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining us. You working tonight? I am. You are. So you might be running out of here. The way you guys have been burning lately, it's like nonstop. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been steady, but it's been nice. 
And you awesome. want, you, right now you want, when the tones drop, you want to hear fire. Yeah. Like, it's much as like you always want to hear fire, but now I feel like at least if we go to a fire, we know what to do. You know, like we're protected, How, whatever word you want to go, but like every time I'm like, please hit fire, please hit fire. We're, we're at the substation right now, so it's kind of a nice little competition between the uh, stations to see who gets where first. There's a lot of potential to meet in the middle. So friendly competition is always fun. I love that. No, I, I agree. Listen, competition is fantastic because it makes you be on your game. You know, when, when you run, compla complacency sets in. When there's no competition or, or you're going to, you know, you're okay with pulling up first due 10 minutes into the gig because there's just nobody else to be there. It doesn't make you sharp. You know, it doesn't make you want to be better. I think competition is fantastic. I truly believe that. Uh, and then, Chavis, give me a little background because I don't, you and I, I don't know, I don't have much of a background with you, brother. So give me a little bit, man. Where are you from? Uh, Anderson, South Carolina, uh, same place that uh, Steven's from, just kind of a little bit uh, further south. Uh, I work down in Irma, which is in Columbia, right outside the city. I know you guys probably heard of that through Nick Martin. And, uh, yeah. They didn't in a suburb outside of them, pretty much a part of their battalion, too. Uh, I ride Angel Company down here. I'm actually the captain on it, so we're on the day. Uh, but, yeah, that's basically it. I've been a volunteer since I was 14, back home. Nice. Cool, man. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, man. Appreciate it. So listen, I want to start this off. I mean, it's all about culture and tradition and training. And I want to hop into all that, right, with you guys. I mean, I just, I love the fact that we can assemble a cast of characters from all over the country now, put them together and just pick each other's brains and tell some stories. Um, Nick, would you mind in Christiana, I mean, you guys are a busy combination department. Um, you've been there for a little while now and you earned your 12. And I don't, I think the story behind that is incredible. Um, and I don't think enough people understand or, or appreciate that. Would you mind talking about that a little bit? Absolutely. So, um, you know, everybody who comes into the fire company originally, uh, regardless of who you are, you know, what department you work for, it could be FDNY, New Haven. Um, I know Jason Rivera. I know you know him very well. He just earned sure. his 12 as well. Um, all these guys from different walks of life, they come down and they'll get issued a, a blank shield um so that's just you know more or less like it, not really a proby thing but they're able to you know be able to work for something and you know once you prove yourself in the company work through the company, you know showing that you're an asset to the company and wanting to you know progress further and you know not what the company can do for you but what you can do for it sort of thing um you know, once you really prove yourself on the fire ground, then, you know, it's kind of a symbol when you earn your 12 that, you know, you are a part of us now. You know, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, being inaugurated into a larger family, which is, is pretty cool because regardless of, you know, you being volunteer or career, we all go through the same thing. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's one of the, if you've never seen how it operates down here and, you know, I know up there, you know, there's a lot of animosity between the uh, career and volunteers here. It's not like that. It's very nice. But it's nice to be able to work towards a goal and, you know, be able to finally, you know, represent a company that, you know, you put in a lot of time and a lot of heart for. And I think, you know, we're so quick nowadays to just throw things out to make people happy. But, you know, regardless yeah. of who you are, we're able to, you know, 
even even at the playing field and make sure that everybody is doing their part and you know it's nice having these different guys from different walks of life because we're able to uh you know (laughs) well you can pull from it right so like you get guys from all over right i mean Ultimately, where you are, you have a you have a department with a culture that really is admirable to what a lot of people want, right? I mean, you guys go to a considerable amount of work. However, it's a department that really gets it, and you have a lot of uh, history and a lot of characters um, and and big time players that are members of this department. I mean, guys that you know, I grew up reading about. I'm sure you, yep. you know you growing up, you know, Presley, Lombardo, Copperthwaite. McPartland, all these guys, you know, it, it just bring it to one place is such an honor to be able to, you know, really pick their brains and, you know, share their experiences because, you know, 15, 20 years from now, even it, you know, that's all knowledge that's going to be gone. You know? Oh, I, I get it. And I, and I think what I love about it too, is like you guys make a big deal about earning your number, right? So you get there and your probationary status and, and you're doing your probationary period but you don't earn that number and, and you only get that number on your shield when it's time for you to, to really, you know, a, a graduate to the next step. You've proven you're a member, you're, you're a uh, part of the department um, and so on. I think it's so important. And you made a good point before, maybe we could start the conversation about that, Nick, is, you know, too often we're too eager to give things away now just to make people happy or, to lessen uh, what we used to do. I mean, we used to hold people to such strict standards and I feel like more than ever, we're loosening our grip on those standards. Um, you know, and I'm talking about breaking them in on the company level um, from proby to firefighter to officer. I mean, you know, I, we have conversations all the time with officers all over the place or firefighters all over the place where we have guys that are getting officer positions. We have young officers, we have young senior men. Um, and it seems to be the trend across the board. So. You know, to have a, a culture in place where, yeah, it's great. You could have been here for two years, but you haven't earned your number yet. You've got to earn it. Um, I think that carries a tremendous amount of value. I really do. So that's good stuff. Cameron, talk to me about um, California. You and I met in California. I mean, I, I, love, I love the fact that I know somebody in California because I, I look at like an East Coast fireman to the West coast. And it's like, it's uh, to me, I always think it's like night and day, brother. Um, you know, and you and I had some great conversations and you put out some fantastic content on your Instagram. Um, I'd love for you just to share your Instagram handle, if you wouldn't mind, just so people that are going to listen to this can look you up and follow because you really are putting out some great training nuggets, brother. Man, Jeremy, I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure meeting you and Terry, man. You guys are just a genuine couple, man. Like, ah, (laughs) My wife's cool. Listen, I couldn't do any of this without her, man. I couldn't. Obvious, man. You two together. I mean, I mean, my wife is my rock too. And just seeing yeah. you two together and just, you know, me, getting to know you for the short time I did, like you just two, some genuine people. I really appreciated that. Thanks, dude. Appreciate that, man. That's uh, that just made my night. We're done, guys. We're going. Terry rocks. Cameron just Terry rocks. By here. the way, Terry Terry is like the puppet master behind the scenes. Is a good okay. way to put it for a lot of people. Yeah. Maybe Included in this whole shirt, not sure, whole thing. Terry rocks. I'm just throwing that in there. Yeah, just a pretty face, man. Just a pretty face. It's, it's, you're just a pretty face. Carries everything, you know. That's it, yeah, That's it man. It. You two are very genuine people. It's just like you know, you meet nice people, but then when you meet genuine people, man, it's just, yeah. it's just obvious right away. I just felt like I know you guys forever, and I just I really appreciate that. But, but I that, think 
right. think that really is what this group is, right? Like I reached out to guys that I've met a handful of times. I mean, you know, Nick and Joe and Pip and, and Doug, I mean, I, you know, I know these guys have been to fires with most of them, you know, and so on. But, you know, like for you guys, like um, I, I just, I love, you guys are infectious. I love people that bring something to the table where um, I think they have a lot to offer. And if our platform can, give you guys a little bit of a voice to get that out there. There are so many kids out there that need guidance. There's so many kids out there that are something a little bit more that they might not be getting in their firehouse. And so Cameron, maybe you could talk about it a little bit because you guys truly have an inc- a unique culture. Um, and, and I really, I was envious of the, the, the training you're doing out there, the, um, the camaraderie you had in your firehouse that day I was there. Um, and then also the uniqueness of, of where you ride in Cal Fire and the deployment and all that. I mean, I just, it blew my mind, brother. Yeah, it's really hard to just kind of put in a box. Uh, you know, being the Cal Fire is a big machine. Uh, it's a very large department. We're talking 7,000 employees, over 700 pieces of apparatus. But my part is a very small part. I, I, I'm a suburban rural firefighter, so I'm not going to the jobs every day. I go to like three to four good fires a year. So I think my friend Brian Olson says it the best. Fire, wasted one. And that's really important because since I'm not getting those daily touches, I got to manufacture this stuff. So uh, I was listening to uh, your podcast with uh, Mo, Chief Mo Davis. Oh, my God. Dude, and you guys were just right on the money. And one of the things we're talking about engagement and then like how when you go to a fire, like the morale goes up. Well, like, you know, that's kind of difficult in my area because, you know, and the way that we keep the morale up is to stay engaged is to manufacture through training, realistic training, not academy training, nothing wrong with academies right. to move on from that. So you give people, you bring them back to the, like why they started, because it's easy to get caught into the mundane day-to-day politics and admin, but you bring it back to any rank and be like, why did you do this? It was to like, you know, to search a dark hallway and look for life. Like you bring that back to people's eye and then all of a sudden the motivation and the buy-in comes in. So everything we do, what I'm trying to do with my Instagram, it's a private account. And the idea behind that was um, we have selective enforcement with my department. Sure. So it's kind of keeping on the low key. I get it. Uh, so that's why. But you look at the followers, it's all, it's, it's, it's to people that I want, uh, that I go to get influence from. And then it's a back and forth. And so it's directed at certain people. You look at the followers and there's a reason they're there. They're, they're at some value to this account. There's not, there's really nobody on there that I don't know, or I haven't been influenced by, or doesn't influence me. You know what I mean? So it's a very, the followers are are, uh, very important to me. Um, What I'm trying to do is just kind of show people how to move at pace. We have a, um, when I talk about my generation, I'm talking 2000 to now, that's my generation. And I'm part of that safety culture. I, I bred into it. I believed it. I said it, I regurgitated it. I don't believe it now. I have a new mindset. And with that new mindset, comes different training and it's in a grading and it's uh and it's contagious and that's kind of the idea behind the account is just to show and you look in none of the videos not one of them is there any talking it's all action so oh, i get it i get it or you can't and that's about it no i love i love it and i it, like every time you put a nugget up right i send you a note on the side and i'm like man this is fantastic because I think what you're doing is you're, you're showing a couple things. One, the importance of company pride and then the importance of company training. 
Um, sometimes we get locked up in the bigger picture of trying to be in train on a bigger level, uh, whereas the simple things or a two or three man uh, engine company or truck company, um, you know, just company drill is so simple yet so effective. Um, and I think you bring a lot to that to the table. I also, the conversation you just had too about the safety culture and then not really buying into it, right? Like that's, that's what you were fed, right? I mean, that's what was talked about and that's what we talk about in the fire service now. There's a lot of that with this younger generation. Um, I, that, was, uh, that was a nugget right there, brother. That really was. I'm from that movement culture. So like when I say something, I heard you in your guys' other podcast too, like this them movement, like what is that? Yeah, I don't even understand it. You guys, well, your, your history is so uh, old and rich in that, that your mission is defined by what you're willing to do. Ours isn't really. We say it, but do our actions and our tactics match it? And it, that's, that's the proof of the pudding. You know, yeah. is search a scary thing or is it something like, yeah, we just do it. Like, so out here, depending on where you're at, I don't represent any fire department or anybody in my area, but like, you know, when you talk about Venn or search or um, stuff like that, like it's kind of like this high risk thing. And you look at your departments out there, or even some of our departments that are doing it as like one of their like important tactics, like putting it first. And that's what we're saying. Like, we all say like, we want to help people and that like we risk our lives, but is our training and preparation showing it? I mean, like you could say it, but I, I believe in like all the way you set up your gear, how you set up your rig, how you train. That's the action of them. It's not just saying it. It's like, what am I doing to show that? You know, what's my preparation? And for me, it's a simple preparation in my gear so I turn out quickly. That's my, that's my oath I take in the morning that this is important, that time is important. This is, a, this is my oath that I'm taking today and it's a simple thing I could do. And then it shows the crew why I do it. And it just makes it that, that this is important. I love that. I absolutely, Doug, what do you have on this brother? Uh, he's, it brings up a lot of good points. I mean, yeah. uh, it's definitely tough, even by us, you know, fires aren't the way they used to be. So it, a lot of it comes down to like in the station training. I mean, right now with quarantine and all that stuff, I, I'm on my job. We're not even really allowed to go out and train right now because right. we're trying to limit that. So especially now, you know, we're, we've been watching a lot of training videos and I think the biggest thing to me, like my biggest thing is to get passion, you know, get people with passion into it. And on the volunteer side, as a training officer, like with the young kids, like, you know, they're coming in, they don't know safety culture. They don't know, you know, any of that stuff. It's up to us to instill, you know, the right mindset. And I think, you know, if you get if you get the wrong idea in them early on, it's harder to get rid of it. Whereas if right off the big, right from the beginning, you work on you know the passion and the old school mentality and being aggressive and you know focusing on what we're here for and not you know not saving our own skins, but you know we're in it for the people we are supposed to protect. And as long as like if you keep them on that from the start, I think you know they're only going to get better over time. Yeah, I think that conversation, Cameron brought it up, you're hitting on it, Doug, is that them thing, right? We're here for them. Well, it's always been that way. Like, I, I don't know where, I don't know why we have to dissect what we've been doing for these many years as firefighters. I mean, you know, hundreds of years of, of being firefighters here in the United States. Like, why, why do we have to redefine the mission or why do we have to get cute with the, with the sayings? Every 
so often we need to redefine what we're doing. Um, I don't typically buy into a lot of that. I mean, I, I have these conversations every once in a while with some of my guys about it is what it is. Like we're firemen. We're just firemen. Like we go to fires and we're there because we're supposed to be there and we're supposed to, you know, protect and do this and save lives and blah, blah, blah. Like all this cliche shit. But at the end of the day, we're firemen. Like, I don't know why, I don't know why we have to get cute. Um, Steve, Eller, Eller, hit, help me out here, brother. Why are we getting cute, man? Like, I think you guys, people, go ahead, brother. I think people just like to, to get on a catchphrase. I, I think that's honestly what it is, and they'll buy into it. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But, like, why, are, why do we allow that to happen? Like, we, Doug brings up a good point. Like, right now with COVID, right, in the Northeast where we are, I mean, most companies are shut down to the point where we're not even – you know, outside of, uh, you know, uh, eating and, and sleeping in a firehouse in a career side or volunteer just responding to calls. There's no in-house training. There's no hitting the streets and stretching lines. These guys aren't doing BIs and, you know, uh, building inspections and, and you know, uh, life hazard inspections and things like that. Like, we've been limited. And so part of my concern now is, like, how long is this going to last and what's this going to do to the company culture? You know, what what is this really going to do to us as a fire service? Because Part of what we do is go to fires, and that's the small part. And we all love that part. Like, we all do it because of that part, but then we love all the fringe benefits on top of that. This tonight, sitting here with eight other guys from across the country to just be able to talk shop and have some fun. And you guys tonight, hopefully you will all connect after this. And, you know, we, we develop that network of brotherhood and friendship. And that's what this is really, you know, that's what a lot of this is all about. The fires is a small portion of it. But why do we have to make it different? Why do we have to get concerned about the newest saying, the latest and greatest, or this guy comes out with this, and we're talking about flow path, and we're talking about we're here for them. Like, it's never changed. The mission's never changed. Joe Vanderpoel, talk to me, pal. What do you got on this? It's, uh, I mean, a lot of good points. The, the training right now is, is the biggest struggle. The yeah. isolation from the firehouse. I mean, we, we are of a culture, you know, through 9-11, we congregate when, when we go through tough times. This is a, a personal stay-at-home, deal with your kids. And, and I don't know how many of you guys got kids with, you know, online classes. I mean, that's a bitch. Um, I just do, outright suck. I suck at sixth-grade math. I'll um, you know. but, but Professor Pip is killing it, killing it. <laughs> Keeping the training life. going and, and sharing, you know, the videos and, and there's a lot of good stuff out there coming across from fire engineering and, and firehouse and from you guys and, and the Instagram and, and, and taking it to a, to a different type. So we're not going to maybe do things on, you know, at hand, but we can share videos, we can share training stuff, we can share ideas. You know, I love to open my emails and see something that doesn't say COVID on it at this point. Because yeah, I agree. You know, there's either a directive coming out or, about it. you know, somebody else is sick in a mutual aid town. But at this point, trying to keep our guys safe and and not having anybody quarantined. I mean, that's uh, that's the hardest part. That's our struggle right now is, is just keeping everybody healthy. And some guys buy it. Some guys get it. Some guys are still giving guys, you know, shaking hands and, and hugging each other. It's like, why? I shook somebody's hand the other day. Forgot. Like I'm a I'm a handshaker, I'm a hugger. Like that's who I am, right? So, You're a lovable guy, Jay. I I am. I'm a you know what can I tell you? But but like truly, like that that's the thing. And I I hope like and I I think that really 
mirrors what we're talking about here, just the firehouse culture. Like we are, I mean, I ride the engine with the same guys all the time. And, you know, I'm like, if I had it, guys, you already have it. Like, if you get it, I'm going to get it. Like, we can't, we can protect ourselves so much. But with this whole COVID thing that's going on right now, I'm truly worried about what it's going to do to the culture of the firehouse and whether career or volunteer, it's really changing the culture and what we have to be sure of and what we need guys like this group and all these other guys that I surround myself with and people I talk to, we need to make sure that we don't let this take over the culture. We got to be sure that when this thing starts to subside, that we can get back to normalcy and get back to that brotherhood and handshakes and hugs and laughter and practical joking and, and so on. I think that's hugely important. A lot, a lot of it has to do with, uh, so in my station, I can go anywhere from, from nine to 14 or 15 at the most. And, you know, we have benches in the kitchen, right? Everybody sits on a bench and I worked yesterday and the benches were removed and there's five folding chairs in the kitchen because there's only five of us allowed in the kitchen at a time. But everybody there knows this, this is bad. You know, like we, we understand why and everybody's adhering to it, or at least on my shift yesterday. But if we, when we get back to normal, that's going to be the best day. You know, this weirdness that's going on now, everybody's understanding it. And hopefully people are training on their own because I can't train them anymore. You well, know, we that's can- it. And I think Joe hit on that just before yep. too in this conversation is that now more than ever though, we're looking for something other than that COVID email or we're looking for an alternative source to, to get and digest some information. Um, you know, Gareth, if you don't mind hopping in, brother, you weren't here before when I did the intros. Gareth's out of Texas. Um, you know, how's it going down there, pal? Uh <clears throat> I don't think we've seen the tip of the iceberg down here. Yeah. I think uh, uh, we're doing a lot to prepare. And even, you know, in my region, uh, every day there's positive, positive, positive. Um, But I think to kind of tag on what everyone's saying is it's kind of weeding out those that thought they like to train. And we find creativity and in ways, okay, this is forcing me to do bunker gear drills for a month. Guess what? I'm going to be the best uh, turnout response in my, uh, in my shift, you know, or whatever the case is, if we're going to go search our, our uh, space, you know, we're not allowed to put, they just sent out an email, no uh, duty boots in the station anymore. Uh, You're not allowed to take your uniforms home. We're washing uniforms. Uh, The shift after us washes our gear. Uh, washes our uniforms um so it's it's i but again i don't think we've seen the the tip of the ice are you guys still doing company training i mean you're still hitting the streets and doing what you do or have you guys curtailed that uh so we're training but again we're doing the best we can so most of the time when company training we're doing it at the station we're pulling in our alleyway we're stretching in the driveway uh, yeah yeah eller well, we're losing Gareth there for a minute. I lost you, pal. Eller, talk to me about what you guys are doing in South Carolina, man. And Chevis, you too. Hop in, pal. Talk to me because I'm curious. You know, I don't want to make this a COVID or a COVID, um, COVID conversation, um, but I'm curious because the training culture now more than ever needs to happen, um, and it's going to take guys like this group to really push the envelope to make sure that our guys are staying on top of it. 
when it's easy to say, well, this is, you know, we can just, you know, sign out for the next 60, 90 days. We don't need to train. We don't need to push ourselves because, well, we're just not allowed. We can't go out. We can't do this. We can't do that. So what are you guys doing down in uh, Fountain Inn, Ella? So fortunately for me, one of the senior guys under me is going to start learning how to drive the tower. So uh, our captain sent us out uh, about five hours a day. We hit the streets. We started on uh, going through some of the neighborhoods that have tight turns to uh, last year if we went and set up in some of the tighter neighborhoods just to get the uh, muscle memory down. And we went into the night to get some night ops down. Um, I like, little, that. like There was a couple kids and stuff would walk up and talk to us. And, and it's hard not to like throw them in the truck. Hey, you want to look at this? But we'll walk around with them. And just show them, show them what we normally would. Side of, side of what do you what do you find with the with the guy? I'm not trying to put you on the spot by any means, but I'm just talking in general with the guys. I mean, I'm sure, uh, like all training, some guys are in it, some aren't. But overall, I mean, what I think we have to do is more than ever now we have to make sure that this doesn't become a crutch, where guys become comfortable in the fact that well, we don't need to do this and we don't need to do that. Um, that's tough. One. Uh, I feel like that's going to happen a little bit. I'm I'm kind yeah. of worried of what the post-COVID is going to be like. Um, I know for us here, I've seen a lot more people uh, doing training in-house on the front ramp, in the alley, uh, stretching lines, things like that. So I, I really wonder how it's going to end up all in all. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I got it. Chavez, how about you, pal, down uh, where you are? I mean, you guys are still crushing company culture and crushing company training, or are you scaling back? Yeah, I mean, we're still still crushing for the most part. Um, you know, I, like my man in Texas, I, I don't feel like we've seen as much as I don't want to believe how bad it is. It is pretty bad. Um, so they. Oh, I get it. Pal. A couple of weeks ago, I was making jokes about this thing, thinking it was like totally yeah, overplayed. Yeah. So I think we all were. You know, I, I do realize how bad it is, but we haven't seen a small town USA here, you know, and. You know, for us, every ship would come in and see something different. We come in today and they took half the bunk beds out of the bunker, you know, because we went from a two company house to one company house last month and they're like, it's less degree contaminated, you know, so it's something different. Um, you know, for me personally, as a company officer, I like getting out and riding the streets and stuff like that. So they kind of isolated with that. And, um, you know, luckily I got a crew that's pretty motivated, you know, because uh, these times, you know, it could really bring you down and, but, you know, around the house, stretching lines, tossing ladders out back, you know, finding ways to get involved. But the biggest thing, I think, you know, we, we went to the gym every ship, and they cut that out like a month ago. And, and unfortunately, Rob may be mad at me, but <laughs> we haven't been working out much. Like, we've tried a couple times around the station and stuff and using the app and stuff, but it's just, you know, just getting discouraged a little bit because we're really isolated and not able to do what our normal routine was. But, um yeah, man, as far as the other companies, I haven't, you know, just talked to another company officers on the phone. It's just, it isn't bad here yet, but it's getting there. So, I, I don't know how do you combat it. Just be creative, I guess. I, you know, and try to make things fun and competitive, like you were saying. Uh, that's what yeah, you know, I, I, personal. I think the interesting conversation, too, comes back around a little bit, right? I mean, Cameron hit on it before. Um, we did an interview with Mo Davis, who's a uh, district chief out of uh, – Houston, Texas, which if you don't know Mo Davis or haven't listened to any of his content, please do, because this guy is just a, a complete, I have like a man crush on him, I truly have a man crush on him. He is an absolute gangster and loves the job. And he's all about 
the job and the people we serve and then everything else. Um, and it's infectious um, what he offers. And I think though that this is what this group is too. And I, I think where I'm going with this though is, Elo, you hit on it before, you, we were talking about training um, and you talked about getting reps in at night too, right? Like typically a lot of the night guys, I mean, I, in the volunteer houses, a lot of times the training's at night, but in the career houses, usually it's a daytime, uh, you have to take, you know, you got to do an hour of training and then you know, nighttime's more recliner time. But I'm just curious though, you know, in training culture, I mean, the, the reason why I assembled a lot of you guys here in this group is because I know where you guys stand on training. I mean, I've seen Doug and Nick firsthand and I've seen Joe Vanderplatt firsthand. Cameron, you and I, I mean, we've had a lot of conversations. The importance of training, um, I think trumps anything else. And I think this whole COVID thing is really gonna put a strain on our training. Um, you know, Cameron, maybe you could hop back in on this a little bit because I know you are truly uh, training driven. Um, you love getting into reps and you love pushing yourself, but not only yourself, but your guys. And, I also know from just experience with you, where you operate, you're kind of remote. So you guys, when you catch work, you got a lot of work before anybody else is coming to back you up. So you got to be ready to go. Yeah, we, you know, with our minimum staffing, our long response times, like you can't hide. You got to put and then, you know, making your way around back and meeting the crew on the inside just to go do some outside work after that. So um, you have to wear many hats with that being said. My preparation goes to something like Shannon Stone says. It's like you got to judge yourself by your children's standards. And if I'm being honest, a lot of my because I respond to my mom and my dad and the people I love. So that's saying like it's not my emergency. It, it absolutely is my emergency. There's a good chance, I, you know, I might have to search for my own family. But right, you know, and I think about that. <laughs> You know, then you start thinking about like the level of preparation that's willing to go into that. So I think that's like when I, when I, when I get a new guy that's at the station, firefighter, I kind of explain the, you know, why we're here, the mission and get that buy, like why we're turning out so quick, why it makes a difference and explain to him, like, if we go on calls, there's a good chance I'm going to know them. And, uh, you know, and then, so we, 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 A lot at night after dinner time we all go out to the we all go outside i got i got a three engine house we got a lot of people with a lot of energy so after dinner that's the time that we get our touches we take we crank the music up we pull the engines out and we stretch we throw loud stuff. we 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 hustle we make mistakes we don't we don't bust each other and we just we get those reps in and they to the point it's like hey i'm gonna wrap this up They're like i want one more rep it's like it's that yeah. fact, guys were wanting to train but that's a culture, right? I mean, that, that doesn't happen overnight. I mean, and that, that is a department that, or a company, it might not even be a department, but the company itself, right? Like, I, we had a great conversation the other night, and I, I'd love for you guys to hop in on this when I'm done. But when, when you pull up, whether you're there or not, it's your town, it's your department, it's your company. And when they're there operating, whether you're there or not, you want to hear, if you're not there, how well they did. And, and there's a level of expectation that, they were supposed to perform a certain way, whether you were there or not there, right? You want to be able to have that culture in your company or in your department that allows for people to understand that there's a certain level of expectation um, across the board. And I think that's important. I don't think that's talked about enough. And I think a lot of the conversation we need to have, especially with the younger kids in the company, is the company pride conversation, the company culture conversation, the company, you know, when we arrived, 
you know, we got that line in position and we put the fire down and we held our guys there and, and we were able to take care of that job or we performed, you know, on the floor above and we did it well. And, and, you know, when they needed the cut, we made the cut. When they needed this, we did this. I think those conversations have to happen. Um, I don't know if we have those conversations enough and I don't know if we worry about that company pride that I know for me, I carry, I mean, Doug can tell you, I mean, I, I bleed it, right? I, I think it's so important that we ensure that if I'm not there, if Jeremy's not on that engine, that engine better still perform the way it's supposed to perform. It's the same, I think, with all of you. We all carry that badge of honor to ride that company. Doug, I saw you shaking your head, brother. Would you mind jumping in on that? Yeah, I, th I think it's something that I talk about at work all the time. I mean, uh, we, uh, we had a new transition in the past two years where we weren't really staffing the truck properly. We were running it with two guys and now we have a true truck company. We're running it with four and sometimes five guys. And, uh, my biggest push, I mean, I'm still a junior guy at work, but I've been trying to instill pride in the truck company and, you know, and company pride. And, uh, like, you know, some guys say you might be too invested, but for me, like if, if another shift has a fire, like I'm listening to every word and I'm like, yeah. you know, and I hear something and I'm like, all right, this better be getting done right. You know, I'll listen to the desk and, and uh, I think the pride is the biggest thing because if you, if, if you are trying to be the best, you know, if you're, if your company's trying to be the best in the department and then the other companies have pride, they're trying to be the best. So you're all making each other better. When you rise up to here, the other companies are going to try to rise up. It's a win. Happen. And I think that it's, it's huge. And that's, that's one of my biggest pushes is pride, you know, and, and uh, I think it, it breeds, it breeds good firemen. It breeds guys that are going to go above and beyond what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I love that. Nick, would you mind hopping in? Cause I know the pride runs deep where you are. I mean, we talked, that's how we started off this episode was talking about you getting your number, right? I mean, you being recognized to be able to, to be a brother in that department that really gets it and you sign on and, and you earned your, your numbers, if you will, but how important is that? And then what, what do we need to do with the newer guys coming in that company and what kind of responsibility falls on us? I think we just need to make sure, you know, whatever your department's core values are, is that they're, you know, identified right off the bat. So when we bring people in, you know, we assign them a rookie book. Um, from there, they'll, they have a month to finish it or before the rookie school, which is a three-day course that we send them all through that covers our engine company operations, truck company operations, rescue engine company operations. That way, everybody that's coming in is on the same page. I believe we're on our, we're gonna be hosting our sixth class coming up soon. But, um, you know, right off the bat, we try to get everybody in line saying, this is how it works. This is how we, the Christiana Fire Department do it. You know, this is how it needs to be done regardless of the situation, you know. When we go to fire, like he was, like you were, saying, you know, not at work or, you know, you're not able to go to the firehouse. You want to listen to that fire and listen how it goes. Well, every single fire that, you know, we go to, we try to make it bread and butter. Uh, we're very fortunate to be able to operate in a place where engine company does engine company stuff, truck company does truck company stuff. And uh, it just makes the overall fire ground a lot easier when everybody's in sync with each other and knowing, you know, what everybody's going to be able to do. But I think for the, you know, up and coming generation, we need to, you know, in, in some of these places that aren't as fortunate as that, we need to be able to let them be a 
free thinker and realize what's going on in the fire ground instead of being told, you know, what to do, they be able to realize what's going on and be aware of that and look for different things that are going on in the fire ground for them to be able to complete on their own without, you know, being told to do so. Obviously, you know, without freelancing, but, you know, being able to identify, you know, X, Y, and Z always needs to get done at fire regardless of what it is. And I think, you know, too soon, we're so scared to allow people to go and, you know, have their own experiences where, and I'll touch back on it a little bit, you know, we're going to have this world colliding soon with safety from all this crap going on, but also, you know, who knows what's going to come down the pipe with people losing their jobs, you know, they're going to not have any money. There's going to be a lot of fire load coming. There's going to be a lot of fires. There's going to be a lot of fires coming. And we need to be ready. Can't we? And, and maintain that aggressive. Go ahead, Nick. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really big, uh, you know, wake-up call when we're trying to maintain safety for our own health, but also be able to, you know, do the job that we swore to do and making sure that we're putting the public first when it comes to fire operations. Um, it, it's going to be a huge wake-up call across the U.S. I, I just see it coming down the pipe. I think um, I, you hit on a bunch of great things here, and I, I agree with you. Um, I think that this whole safety culture, I mean, obviously, you know what? Like, at the end of the day, yeah, we got to be safe. But inherently, it's firefighting. And we're going to bleed, and we're going to suck smoke, and we're going to throw up, and we're going to pass out, and we're going to have issues. Because when you do the job and you do the job correctly, you're going to expose, you're going to be exposed to issues. And those issues will take its toll on you, right? And, but we signed up for that. that. That's inherently, you know, we can't at some point some of our safety does go out the window and we have to subscribe to that. And I think um, we've all probably been in positions where, you know, maybe others might not have put themselves in those positions, but we will. And you're gonna, always going to have, like, I always have this conversation about the fire service and you're always going to have like any other job you have, you know, the, the top shelf people, and then you have the bottom shelf people. And, you know, and then there's a balance in between and, you know, you always have your all-stars and then you always have those, those others, you know, um, but we have a job to do. And I think what's interesting though, you brought up the word freelancing and that's a good topic to bring up because I think freelancing gets a lot of work done. I don't really think it's freelancing. I think it's doing work. And typically a lot of times in the fire ground, the work you're doing is individual. You know, you, you know, we instill values and we instill the initiative into you and the education to allow you to do your job. We don't have the luxury of doing a lot of our jobs together. I know Eller, where you are, brother, we ride, you ride out on minimums. I mean, shit, we rode the tower ladder with you on a run and it was you and the engine was already out on the two, two engines around another run. I mean, we're, you're running minimum staffing. So we're doing more with less, but we have to allow our guys to operate and we have to allow our guys um, and as a command staff and administration staff on down, we have to believe in our people to allow them to work. Um, hey, Jeremy. To, yeah, go ahead. Uh, one thing I just wanted to say real quick, which Shoot. is interesting, and it sounds like we've all just finished watching that Mo Davis episode, is I've got a buddy of mine who uh, works in his neighboring battalion. And he told me, I sent him the video today and he texted me back. He said, there is a waiting list to get in on that guy's battalion. So Absolutely. all the stations that are in his battalion, Absolutely. people are people are waiting to get to work for that man. I want to work for him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
I told him, I said, my career goal is to make that guy my fire chief. But yeah, I mean, uh, one thing that yeah, you said in, one thing you said in that video, which was uh, a, a, a pun of a joke, but he's infectious, right? So yeah, the uh, I think that the you know freelancing or the safety culture, the confidence comes from competence, and the competence comes from the reps. Right. So I think the uh, reason is because we're having guys promote and elevate without competence confidence drops and the easy punch move is all right let's stay safe let's stay safe let's not lose guys let's not go in let's not go in let's not go in because i don't know what i'm doing on the front yard at the car oh i i get it completely and i i think this is where i was going with this is that competence is so important and where where I really wanted to take this, Gareth, and I'm glad you kind of led us down this path, is that Sorry. we have to ensure that we're doing our part to allow people to have competence. Like Cameron said before, and Doug and a couple of the other guys, like fires aren't what they were, right? I mean, guys always talk about, oh, the Warriors and this, we had fires, and we don't go to as many fires anymore and all that conversation, right? So if we're not going to that many fires, right, then where are we going to get the competence from, right? Obviously, the competence comes from through training. Um, we have to ensure that our training is allowing us to um, put us in a position that when it's game time are practicing like a football team. I mean, all that training they do on the field during the week, and then they go out there on the field on Sunday, it's game time and they need to bring it to the table. Right. Um, we don't all have the luxury to be Nick and go to fires, you know, every other day down in Delaware. I mean, it's just not, not reality. He gets to do it. I might go down there and move down there. My wife will divorce me and so on, but it might be, I don't know. I mean, you know, but my point is this, is that if, if we have to do it through training, then we have to ensure that our training is engaging and keeping people um, interested and giving them the basics yet pushing them to be better. But my point, and I talk about a lot is initiative. How do we still, how do we instill initiative when we could train and we can teach but when we train and teach, we're teaching. We're not allowing people to make their own judgments and decision-making. And we talked about the, the minimum staffing with like, I, I just brought up Eller before, like these guys run minimum staffing. And I know most people do, right? And we then have to allow guys to take more initiative than they ever had to before. Um, how do we as senior guys, junior guys, junior, senior guys, or whatever you want to call it in between, or an officer, it's an officer. Like, how do, how do we ensure that we're instilling all of that into them, that they can make that the game time decision when it's the game time and they're on their own? That's the question. I think yes. we've got to make, we got to let people make mistakes. Oh, I love that. Talk about that, Nick. Talk about it. And I want people to jump in on that. I think that's the best thing that's been said yet. I mean, you know, you're not going to be a free thinker. You're not going to learn how to be a problem solver, which ultimately at the end of the day, important thing you got on the fire ground, you know, you, you got to let people make mistakes so they can learn from them and, you know, come up with different ways that, you know, anybody in this room may have never thought about before, you know, could be a brand new guy with no experience, but he can come up with something that would just completely blow your mind. I think that's one that. cool about, you know, letting people just be firemen and let them be problem solvers. And creating an environment or, or uh, a time for 
mistakes where uh, get the reps in, but analogy. You know, those guys in practice did not catch the ball 50 times before they started catching the ball. But there's that environment and there's that time for, hey, it doesn't matter. We're going to create a culture or create a uh, where it's encouraged until, okay, now it's game time. And uh, we've done it so much that we can't make a mistake anymore. Oh, I love that. I, I, I love that. I mean, the environment is, is key. Um, and not everyone, you know, I, I find a lot of times with National Fire Radio and what we do, I get messages probably daily from kids all over the country or even senior guys that complain about their culture, complain that their department doesn't allow them to excel, doesn't allow them to be themselves. They're nitpicked and, and, and uh, admonished for the littlest things. Um, That's where I'm right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Gareth, I think, I think it's so important that we don't allow the culture to swing. I mean, I find myself in my department, I tend to be the voice of reason on some stuff where probably 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been the hard ass, you know, and so on. But now that I've matured a little bit more and I've taken a seat back, you tend to become the voice of reason where you can kind of broker that conversation between loose and strict. And then there's guys like me in the middle that is a senior guy that says, well, let's talk about this for a minute. Let's have an open conversation. Let's figure this out. That's for the betterment of the company, right? Or the betterment of the situation. Um, I don't know. Chavis, you got anything on this, pal? What do you think? Culture? I like the way Nick said that about the training. You got to be able to make mistakes. I mean, shoot, you didn't uh, learn how to manage your finances until you ruined your credit, right? <laughs> so you got to. Uh, a, uh, a culture's got to be allowed for mistakes to happen, and it's okay. And if my, my fireman makes a mistake and I crawl their ass, you know, it, that sucks, man. Use it as a teaching point. But I think our training needs to be purposeful. We've got to know why, we've got to know how. Everything's got to have a reason. We don't just need to do training because we have to, and it's on, it's on the list for today. You know, make everything purposeful, and, and you know, everything's driven for a reason. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I like that. I mean, it's just, just got to be motivating. You got to help each other out and, you know, push each other. So. I think that's a big part of it, too, right? Like, if we're going to allow each other to make mistakes, then we got to be there to help each other grow from those mistakes. Um, and it's also creating that environment that Garrett hit on that. We have to have an environment that allows for people to make mistakes and say, we understand you make mistakes and here's why we don't do it that way again. Or here's, here's the lesson learned from that mistake. I think those, those conversations need to happen. I think more so now than ever, they're not happening enough. Um, we're not pulling guys aside or we're not being confront, not confrontational, but confronting the issue and, and addressing it. That's where we're losing the mentors. What was that? We're losing the mentors. Well, we are. And so what do we do about it? We got to start stepping up. Well, well, a lot of that, a lot of that comes down to what we're talking about here. Cause if I, if I pick everything apart that I've heard tonight from all the different faces on my screen, the first thing I have to say is there's no excuse to not work out because you can just do body weight workouts. So I got to, I got to come at you there, Chevis, a little bit, because, you know, you can do body weight workouts in your bed. Do a lot of burpees in your room by yourself and you, you'll be fine with that. Like, it's cool. When you look at this whole thing and it's not a fitness thing because Jeremy's going to yell at me, but like. Hey, I'm doing pint 
pint uh, lips right here. I'm in. Right here. So I'm, in. I'm in. I'm in with so, yeah. pounding tall boys tonight, right? Sorry for the guys at work tonight, but yeah, right. you look at the, the things that we've said in this whole, this whole thing tonight that's gone on for an hour, right? I, I've heard so many good things come up and you think about it and what's right for, for somebody in Maryland is not right with some, for somebody in California, not right for somebody in Texas, New Jersey, because we all have different things. I have a different game plan as a lieutenant on a three-man engine company as I do for a four-man engine company. And what do I have to do as their boss? I have to communicate that to the people that are below me. I have to communicate it to the guy who's sitting behind me right now has not been in a fire yet, right? So I have a guy who's never been in a real fire and he's sitting behind me. That's a different game in my head as his lieutenant than it is for my normal guys who have been around for five, 10. Uh, my driver has got 21 years on the job. He's a senior guy in my shift. You know, it's a different ball game. And what I'm hearing everybody say is that it's different for all of us. And one of those things when we talk safety culture versus not safety culture, or how did we get this way? Well, yeah, there were a lot of people that put things out there over the past 10, 20 years, whether it was print media, then uh, VHS tapes, DVDs. Uh, <laughs> my man knows what it, there you go, right? There are DVDs, now the internet. You know, it's all great information when people put it out there but it doesn't mean you have to latch onto it and say, oh my God, this is what I have to do, right? Because I'm, I'm an East Coast firefighter. We've never, when I heard you say before that you've never thought about VES, I mean, VES is what we did before it was VES. You just yeah. put a ladder to the window and you went in and you looked for somebody and then somebody said, shut the door. And I'm like, oh damn, that makes sense. Shut the door while you're in there, right? But that became a thing. And then someone decided to fight against it. So what, when you have groups of people like this together and we talk about this, people are gonna learn from it. And especially right now where legitimately, I have a firehouse, I'm really fortunate, right? A lot of guys in my firehouse, we all have our own rooms. Everybody gets their own room. There's not a, not a bunk room. But now we're encouraging people go to your room. So what do I want you to do when you go to your room? Watch videos like this. Watch YouTube and see firefighting gone badly and look at someone else's fire and learn from it because we can't train together right now. I can't take an engine out in the street. We're not driving anywhere. I mean, we leave to get fuel and we go on calls and that's pretty much it. And we're on lockdown in the firehouse. So all these things that we're saying, we're learning right now and we're trying to make that positive impact on the fire service. And it's so cool to me to hear things like that, you know? We were having a conversation at the kitchen table today about how, you know, they're uh, policing our lockdown and not leaving the station and things like that so hard. But not once have I ever had a battalion chief call me like, hey, did you guys do company training today? Hey, did you stretch anything today? You know, can we imagine if they flipped that and said, the opposite. Uh, yeah. did you do something today? And 95s. I, I wish they would flip the script, right? I mean, Absolutely. you know, prioritize what's important. Um, you know, I, I agree too. Like my department, I've never seen so many policies and guidelines come down in, in a matter of weeks. Days. You know, I mean, you know, I we haven't. Dude, it's kind of hours now. It's and hours. Done. Things are changing. When's the last time we had a policy change, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. now, it's take a year. It's just, it's out of control. I can't even keep up. They're like, oh, did you see the new, you know, we were on the engine tonight. And uh, did you see the, uh, did you see the uh, rule about this? And I'm like, no, 
oh, it's in your email. I'm like, I haven't even seen it. Like, I, I can't keep up with it, you know? Yeah. We have an hour-long press conference with the command staff at work every single day. And we do wow. Zoom. So everybody – Everybody can connect. So, like, I'm off today. I could, I didn't join in on it, but I, I could have joined in on the Farman briefing. And it's like, oh, it just now, my captain's here to take my temperature. What, you have to bend over? Like, what is, how do you need temperature, Captain? Hang on. Is that why you're smiling? Like, I don't understand. I'm just asking for a friend here. I, he left. He left so it could be PG. <laughs> see there you go man that's it that's this is and again too like we're we're uh, we're ahead of the surge and they're doing that there right yeah. that's great you yeah. know that's that's damn it oh he's got a fever you gotta go home bro yeah 100.4 <laughs> that's no fly here no fly what pip you, what what happens uh, so, so we're not taking temperatures yet, but we are to the point that if you have a temperature like that, stay home. You know what I mean? Like we're 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 getting to that point now. Things are rolling out slowly where I am. But yeah, but how about the, how about the departments that can't afford that? So if guys don't have outright symptoms or uh, they have a fever under a hundred, they still have to report to work. Yeah, and and again, it's like we talked about the other night with with Julie and Pete and and where they work in New York. Oh. Like no one really knows what you're gonna what to do do we send him home do we keep him there does he have a cough does he have this does he have that no one knows and it's 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 such a thing like you 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 just don't know and and we're on the first front right we're on that we're on that we said we're in disaster mode by us right now pretty much you guys are behind though you look at if you look at what where my department is and and we're only 30 again for you guys who people don't know um, Teaneck and New Brunswick are probably 40 miles from each other, give or take, by the crow flies. I don't know. So there's a, probably like a, a seven-day lag to get to where I am. Um, and we're just about to get to that point. Yeah. And, and we've been doing things a little before those guys were. So hopefully we can stop it around our central level of New Jersey. Yeah, but if not, we're going to have problems in my department because I'm just as big as Teaneck. You're not going to stop it. This is, this is going to be one of those things that either you get it or somebody very close to you has it. It's going to yeah. be, I mean, it's just, from what we're seeing and how this thing is snowballing and the amount of people just through National Fire Radio that I know and the contacts I have, Pip, you're the same way. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say his name, but someone that, that's been on National Fire Radio who has it right now, yeah. uh, today had a much better day than he's had in the past four. So it's a good way to say it, that, that he's doing better, but there's been people who haven't. You know, and that's that's the reality that's coming to the folks that aren't in our area. It's coming. Right. Right. And it, it, it's coming. I mean, there's no doubt this thing is not going to slow down and it is going to it is going to progress and it's going to take time. Um, we're just happy to be where we are um, at uh, ground zero, if you will. But, you know, what are you going to do? I just I, I think it's a, it's a unique time for all fire companies, obviously, for EMS and and so on. But, you know, I just, for us, I mean, obviously our personal well-being is important, but we still have a job to do. I mean, I, I just had this conversation the other day with some guys in my firehouse that like, I get it, man. And some guys are more crazy about this than others. I'm not a, I don't get crazy about this. I just, I don't, I already feel like I had it. I thought I had it in December around Christmas time. I was as sick as I was so sick um, around Christmas and went for flu test. Uh, came back negative, but I'll tell you, I had everything, but everything the flu offers times 10. I mean, I was so sick. 
place. Um, it took me a long time to heal from it. Um, and I don't really get sick like that. So, you know, I, I just think it's been around a long time. But I think what's happening, though, is we can't lose track of the fact that we'll have a job to do. Um, we still have an obligation to them, which me using the term is crazy because it's just, for me, it's just being a fireman. It's what we do, right? Um, but we can't lose track of that. That's kind of what that training conversation was just a bit before, was now more than ever, we got to work twice as hard to ensure that we're providing and talking up and in providing that training for these guys to ensure that they're staying on their game. It's not a time to fall down. It's not a time to, um, you know, take a nap, if you will. Joe, you've been quiet. I want to get you in on this, brother. I know um, your department, you guys are very proactive and progressive department. Um, it's just got to be affecting you guys because I know you're a very close-knit department and company. So. Certainly, you know, I mentioned before, the social end, that's where we come from. That's what we do. We ain't, we're not doing that anymore. Um, pack checks, rig checks, you know, that's all pertinent stuff, especially with the newer SCBAs and the accountability and the black boxes. Um, you know, we're doing our best to keep our guys protected. Um, we're sharing training videos and articles, like I had mentioned before. Pardon my kids. My wife's ready to kill me. No, you're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's it, trying to do life is normal, but normal is not normal anymore. What do, as a, as a chief, Joe, I mean, you're, you're a senior command staff, right? So like to, to really on the top end, I mean, you know, a guy like me, I don't get to hear all the juicy stuff, right? I don't get to be a part of the decision-making, but I have to think for you on a decision-making end, uh, this is trying, right? Because you, you carry that fine balance between, you know, what has to happen and you're doing the betterment for the department, yet we still have a job and, and the brotherhood to maintain. That's gotta be a difficult balance. I mean, keeping the guys safe is, is certainly the number one one goal right now. And, yeah, you know, we're not training besides online and, and stuff like that, but trying to get them the supplies that they need, trying to make sure that the firehouses are disinfected, making sure that guys are social distancing after calls. You know, we, we have an electronic sign-in because we're volunteer for attendance records and stuff. You know, one guy works the keyboard and the mouse. And, you know, he signs, everybody just walks by, and they got a barcode, and, and we swipe in. Um, we're not, you know, sharing that. that that's uh, first guy that touches the keyboard, you know, touches the, the keyboard. Um, yeah. Giving masks to everybody is, is a difficult thing. Not every, you don't have enough supplies in the area. You know, we were a little bit behind the eight ball on ordering some supplies. We, we, we have them, but... At this point, we need to go inside. We're going to go on air and and deal with it that way. You know, the interesting thing is the motor vehicle accident. What happens when you have a motor vehicle accident and the town next to us had a had a car off the road into a wall with a guy hanging on the came across, didn't have a seatbelt on, right into a house that had a COVID positive. You know, what are we doing? You know, EMS shows up. They, that's all like there. a whole lot of shit happening at once there, man. Yeah, that's, that's really bad. That's, 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 that's like one of those worst case scenarios, right? Like, you know. Um, what, what are we doing for that? You know, fires are easy. You mentioned that before. Yeah. I'd love to have a fire today because everybody knows <laughs> what they're going to do and, and it's going to go like cock. It, it, it's and, what you want to do, right? It's what you want to do. I went, I went to one uh, last week, week before, I don't know, whatever it was, but it was easy. We went to a fire and then yeah. we left. I went back and it was great as opposed to like you said i went to a car accident like two car accidents yesterday i'm six feet away with my cloth mask on do you right. have fever 
while the person's sitting in the car, like asking all the questions because you don't know and it's not worth it. And I never got close to that person ever, never laid hands on them. Like, it's not going to happen right now. You know, maybe shame on us. You know, we held a pretty extensive rescue course and, and it involves a lot of extrication. We never cut a car on air before. That, that limits your tool time. That, 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 but is it what we're going to do? Probably. That came down, not- man. That's my mandate in my department now. We're on air at, at work for every call. Go to a. Uh, is that right? Call. Yep. We had a. Uh, we had a. It was like a. A pressurized old fire extinguisher exploded yesterday in somebody's basement. They just called us down there, and on air the whole call. Only two guys inside. It's. It's weird. I mean, you're, we're going through a lot of cylinders. Guys are getting time on the compressor because. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the AFA, the AFA, and the yeah. CO alarm. That's easy. But what happens with the odor of smoke in a house and you're trying last to night guys are like we're supposed to be on we're supposed to have masks on i go how are you gonna smell the smoke i go we're searching for smoke like what how, what yeah. am i do go on air well they're like oh we're gonna get in trouble i'm like if the chief well, yelled at us for something like this i mean come on like but now 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 is where we're using all those other senses right where yeah, you but, go you yeah, go we still have a job car alarm right we, and you're oh an odor of smoke but well, is it a sprinkler building? Is there a water flow? Is there this? What do I see? Well, you know, we, it's that, again, we're doing it the same thing in my department. We're not going on air on everything, but you're using all those other senses, right? And saying like, listen, this is a sprinkler building. If there's a fire in that apartment, we'd have a sprinkler activation. You know, we, we're limiting people inside, but you have to think and use all these different things, which I think is great for the fire service right now. It's just like that, that thing of throwing ladders at every fire. You know, you look on the internet and there's some folks that you're like, they threw a lot of ladders there. There's a ladder in front of the front door because someone told them to throw a lot of ladders, right? They saw a video of someone in some place that has a lot of fires that throws a lot of ladders, but they didn't pay attention to where they threw those ladders. Right. This is the same thing. So you got to go on air to investigate that when you're using your other senses. Um, like I said, we're not, we're not on air yet for everything. We have masks, we have N95s and, and face cloths now, but you know, it's that thing to think about, we have to think about this job. And it's the same as going back to, to, to Cameron's first thing about the safety culture. I, I, I don't really know what that is still because we never really paid attention to it. We were just always told to be safe. That was our safety culture, right? Be safe and, and think about what you're doing. So if we do that more now, we're going to be better. And I just hope that the people who aren't dealing, oh, my man's going on a job. That's not fair. Are you <laughs> kidding me? You, what are you out on a run? Oh. <laughs> With a headset on. He's probably going to a job, right? Like we're sitting Overheated here. vehicle, man. Where are you going? Anywhere good? Nah, it was uh, supposed to be a vehicle fire on the interstate, but uh, just overheated vehicle. That's crazy. <laughs> But even those, those are the things where it's overheated vehicle, right? One per one person needs to get out of the truck and decide that vehicle's overheated, and they need to oh, do it without that. coming within very within six feet of the person that was driving that car. You can do it. You could figure it out. We talked about it the other day. Like now, more than ever, we're taking people's word for what the alarm activation was, whereas we used to investigate, and we would we would arrive on scene, and we would go in as an engine company, or if the truck was first due first new company would go and investigate, right? Now we get there and it's like, oh, it's just food on the stove. Well, is the alarm reset? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Here, here. Like, you know, see you later. Thanks, you know, thanks for having us. And, but it's dangerous, dangerous. I mean, I know we're, I know we're being safe 
we're trying to be safer for ourselves, but we have to be sure that there's a fine balance here, right? Like, I don't want this thing to swing so far in the opposite direction that when this whole thing peters out and it tries to get back to normal, that all of a sudden we start adopting ridiculous SOGs. And we're like, well, it worked during the COVID, so we can do it now. I have a hard time with that. I still think that we have an obligation and a job to do, and the service that we provide needs to be top shelf. And I don't think we should allow this to undermine the service we provide. I don't know if there's any, I, you know, I mean, guys, feel free, I don't, you know, feel free to hop in. I just, <coughs> that's, that's part of my concern. My concern is that, yes, we're protecting our own right now, and we have to be, we can provide protection for our members, but we still have a job to do. And everybody signed up for that. Everybody knows the inherent risk that comes with it. Um, I've talked to many guys. I mean, shit, I, don't, I can't even tell you how many cities in New Jersey have 10, 20, 30, 40 guys on, on a shift or in that city that are infected right now because they live together. They work together. Like, like I said to my guys, we ride this engine all the time together. Like if I had it, you had it by now. You know, if you have it, I'm going to get it. Like, I, I get it, but I have, there has to be a level of trust and there has to be a level of understanding that this is part of that risk, but we still have an obligation. I don't know. It's, it's tough. Houston, Houston's got 150 guys all quarantined off the job. 30 of them are taking up a whole entire floor of a hotel for 14 days. That's nice that they can do that because here, you just get yeah. home and you're going to stay with your family and then you're going to sleep in your basement where you're going to sleep in a tent outside so you don't affect your families. I mean, that, like I said, like we're sharing that. do that, but it's not <laughs> yeah. reality. Yeah. Uh, bio, right. Bio, Doug, you you get it? They're going to put you in a hotel. I, there's plenty of hotels down. I wish they put us in one. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, Great. Yeah. It's, one, one recently just shut down. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we don't know what that's for. You know what I mean? But they shut down. Like, it's, so it's tough. they're preparing. Like, like by us, um, you know, we're a step ahead, I think, of everything that's going on. You know, we're using air on every call. In the firehouse, we have to wear an N95 all day. Not, no more than two people in any room at a time. They broke up the, the kitchen table. Now we have uh, five different tables in different rooms, everybody separately. I mean, it's, and it's, you know, it's, a, it's frustrating. It's killing the morale. You know, I, like, I love coming to work every day. The, the fourth day, of, you know, was my favorite day to come, going into work. And it's miserable. I, yesterday I was saying, like, you know, I don't even, it's even fun being here. But I, I can understand where the command staff's coming from because on my shift alone, we have seven guys on quarantine. And uh, the shift before me, last four, guy woke up not feeling so well. Turned out he tested positive. And then the two guys that he was with already are having symptoms. So it's spreading quickly. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating to have to, you know, really put the, the brotherhood and the really like the true meaning of the job on hold, the camaraderie and all that. It's, it's killing morale. But I can see why, you know, the command staff is pushing that type of thing because they're looking at it I, with us. They, we talked about like, you know, they have a contingency plan for losing up to like 70% of our department. You know, like we're running out of, you know, we're on four companies and uh, luckily nobody on the ladder has been sick yet. But, you know, if, if one guy gets sick, that there's seven of us in that firehouse. So that's, they, they're going to quarantine basically have to shift them. Well, and which I think is an interesting conversation. I want to bring it back to Cameron real quick because I know where he is with the size of Cal Fire. I mean, you guys, how many employees? 
7,000 employees. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. He's the largest department on the West Coast. Right. So you have a large department, but a, there's going to be areas that are probably going to be affected by this. Well, they will inevitably, right? So, and we have a, another crazy dynamic is we're coming into our fire season. We support tremendously in the summer. We hire seasonal firefighters. They work nine months out of the year. So this next week, we're, we're onboarding. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're okay. Go ahead. Like uh, over 100 firefighters just in our little unit right now. So as we go into fire season, like our small fires, as you can see on the news, they go big. I mean, a, a simple car fire, um, you know, could burn down 6,000 homes. 22 people died on the Tubbs fire. So when we're telling people to evacuate, like, where are we going to put them? You know what I mean? We're telling these people to shelter place and the same message we're saying you need to leave your home you know and then uh same thing how we how we staff and like how do we feed the firefighters how do we you know where do we put them at so there's a lot of questions that we're gonna have to this summer's gonna be interesting for us for sure for sure would you mind would you mind talking too because i i was really blown away by um the makeup of your department and when we were I want to tell a quick story to the group. I know we've been going for a little over an hour, an hour or so on, but I just, I want to, I, I was really, uh, I, don't, I don't even know the word. I was taken back by um, the size of your department and, and everything that you do and the conversations we've had. And you go from wildland to structural to auto accidents to you name it, it happens. And you guys deal with all of it. But my thing is, is with Cal Fire, it's such a large department that covers the entire state of California. When you go to work, you have the ability to be deployed for 30 days without even saying goodbye to your family. True. I think that's a super unique aspect of where you were compared to a lot of other parts of the country. Yeah. And, and also too, we not only do we deal with the fire EMS and rescue side of it is that we're the state emergency manager. So, you know, when I watch the news, we watch a little different, you know, the, the dam uh, failing in Orville, which is, hundreds of miles away, that's going to affect my day. It's going to, you know, it's really, it's, it's possible for me to go, you know, to go to the station tonight, be on duty and wake up in San Diego covering a city I've never been to station for a month responding to calls. So you want like size up and pre-planning, like, unless you got the whole state of California, like there's no way I could get into my response area because it's literally Oregon to Mexico. Nevada to the Pacific Ocean. That's my response area. That's wild. That's absolutely wild. City to nowhere, California, you know, and that's, that's my response area. It's all. I was floored by that um, conversation that you go to work with a go bag and my go bag is here and I kiss my wife goodbye. I go to, I go to the firehouse and I don't know when I'm coming home because if it's fire season, there's a potential that you're going to get relocated six hours South. I mean, that's just, it's wild, man. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, some of the major fires in California in the last few years have been in my first new response area. You know, it's yeah. my family. I've rescued people I know. It's super personal where I live. And, you know, so not only are you dealing with the evacuation of the people that you're, but like your family and your loved ones. And so, and, you, and it's just, it's incredible the amount of action needs to be taken in a short amount of time so when we come back to like Stephen Eller's talk about like limited staffing I understand that like I really understand 
you know, having to play a bunch of wearing a bunch of different hats in, in really serious situations. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's just uh, it's a unique aspect. And I, that's that's the one thing I love about what I get to do right with this whole thing is I get to talk to guys all over. Um, you know, Joe in the in the middle of my screen right now is twitching because we got a second alarm going not too far from here. Three story commercial uh, middle of the row going. Uh, Nick, it's in Ridgewood, by the way, if you didn't see your uh, phone. But uh, what you call it? So everybody's tweaking out right now, waiting for the next uh, the next alarm to go in. But uh, anyway, you know, I, I just I love it. I love the fact that I'm able to connect with different guys from all over and really learn the stories of each of you. Um, and that's what inspires me to do this because what what I get to do tonight is I get to bring forth, you know, all of you into sharing a little bit of your story. Um, and I think that's so important because there's so many people that are looking for a little bit more out there. Um, and there are so many great, great firefighters in this industry that have so much to share. Um, whether, you're, you know, uh, Eller and uh, Cameron, you guys have an Instagram that you guys like to put out some, you know, motivational content or training content. Um, you know, Doug and Nick, I know I've known you guys for a long time and I know that you, you know, obviously are totally into the job and like take the young kids by the hand and Joe and Gareth. I mean, you guys, you're all standouts, you know, Pip, I, I do love you a lot, <laughs> but I, I just have to say, like, it's just, it's, it's really fun to get a group of people together that kind of gel. Um, and all of you represent what's good. And I think we need more of that. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are looking for that good. Um, and I just, I, I ask you all to keep it going. Um, you know, I, I, I love standing back, uh, Doug and I ride together. Um, he's in a different house or a different company, but you know, what I love to see is when he pulls those young kids aside and really invests his time into those young kids. And as, as a senior guy or an older guy in that, in, in the department to sit back and watch that. I love that, man. I think it's infectious. I think we need to do more of it. Um, I think that, you know, I, I even challenge myself. There's a lot of times where even myself, I find that I'm not putting enough time in or challenging myself to give back more to those kids that I think I should be able to give them a little bit more than I'm doing. Um, and I, I challenge everybody I talk to that we need to do that. And I think we need to get back to that. And now in this time to really, you know, bring us full circle of the conversation, we need to do that more now than ever. So can I respond to that? Of course. So I think is everyone going to this job? No, I got a couple of these going, so I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so I think what's really cool, and uh, I don't make this sound uh, uh, light, but two years ago, a love for the job on a national stage was very closet until National Fire Radio and pages like that top four tactics, all these, you know, we just learned the other day that it kind of come from national fire radio, but you guys made it. Oh, look okay. at me, bro. Don't pin this on me. No way. You guys, you guys made it okay. Even if you're the only one in your city to love the job, because there's tons like you. I think it's, and I think. Yeah, Gareth, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think that uh, to create a culture, within a culture is pioneered by National Fire Radio. And I'm not saying Jeremy and I'm not saying Rob, I'm saying a group of guys that said, you love to fight fire, you love to train, you know, let's go fishing on the other side of this boat and move together, you know. 
And, you know, we, we were talking in Texas. I was at that class you, you and Mo were talking about. Um, we drove four hours because the chance that there was like-minded brothers there. Uh, and it was worth worth every every minute of it. I, I think, Gareth, I, I can't even begin to thank you enough for the kind words, but um, this thing's a hell of a lot bigger than me or, or NFR. But I, I think, um, you know, you and I, uh, we've connected several times, and then you drove over to the training we were at the, several months ago out in Texas. And I think the best part of that whole night, and, and I'm talking about a weekend of, you know, Mike Dugan, Ray McCormick, uh, Matt Rush, like some of the best of the best. And we had an intimate weekend with all of them to be side by side with them to see what they bring to the table and what they offer this fire service. And, and all of it is just so over the top. And like I said, we, I had all those guys on a podcast the other night that we haven't released it yet, but we had like 12 guys from that weekend on a podcast the other night. And I said in the podcast, I go, listen, if we do this again, I'll be the first guy to carry the luggage for everybody because just to be there was, you know, just an incredible experience. But Gareth, when we were there, when we went out to dinner that night to that uh, barbecue place, that was the best part of the whole weekend. Oh, it was. It it changed breaking bread with just 20 rock stars of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, and it sounds cliche, but it changed my life. I mean, I had, you know, no, I went with a, uh, a serviette, a napkin, and I started making notes of everything that Paglione was saying and I've still got it, you know, I wouldn't write down anything he offers. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Yeah, but it was, uh, everyone was so accessible. No one was holier than thou. No one was mighty. Everyone was like, you ask, I'll answer. But I think that's the best part about this, right? Is like whatever, whatever contribution we bring back to the fire service, whether it's pips, you know, content on 555 or the Size Up or National Fire Radio, whatever it is. Ultimately, if you're talking about the job in a good light, you're doing the right thing. Um, I'm not going to take any credit for anything that's happening. It's not, we haven't done anything. All we've done is broker. The you hit the launch button though. Well, maybe, but you know what? It's infectious, right? When you surround, like Mo Davis the other night, when you surround yourself with good people, good things happen. And I'm yeah. a firm believer of that. So if we can be a part of that, and I hope to think we are with content like this. I mean, I like to think that there's going to be a 20 year old kid from Kentucky that's going to listen to some of this in a podcast and go, you know what? That's pretty cool. Like, I love that. Or I love that these guys um, get together like this. Maybe I can get my own group of guys together and have a conversation. Like there are a lot of people that are struggling in this industry. Like I take for granted in the Northeast and Gareth, you and I talked about this where you are in Texas, you guys are opening firehouses every other month because the growth is so fast there, but there's no culture or tradition behind those opening of firehouses. So Nothing. there's no direction. You walk in, it's like a hospital. It's not a firehouse, you know? Right. And that that's one thing that I wanted to bring up and ask the guys in this group is, yeah, have do it. any of you been a part of creating cultures and traditions? You know, it's the cool thing about tradition. It's been here for 100 years. Well, we're making decisions to start for the next 100 years. And so I'm asking if anyone has been a part of creating traditions, creating culture where there isn't any. I mean, like I said, you know, we don't, no helmets, no stickers on our helmets, no pictures. I mean, uh, I'm the resistance, you know. It's uh, by me, by me, it's uh, we're not, you know, it's an old department, it's been career for, you know, a hundred years, but uh, we really didn't have, 
we didn't really have like company identity and company pride for a long time. And like the group of guys that I got hired with, we've been really pushing that. And, and because we're junior guys, you know, less than five years on the job, there's pushback and there's guys that are like, you know, why are, uh, <laughs> like why, you know, sorry, why, Doug, it's just a picture of the job I'm putting up right yeah, now. I actually, I just saw that picture too. It's, it's a good one. Sorry, man. But, uh, How no, far away is that from you? Uh, that's a 12, 12 minute drive, 10 minute drive. Oh, okay. Sorry, dog. Take it on the road. Let's buff it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I got to an Uber. It's just a little bit of smoke that should be out by the time he gets there. Doug, hundred years in, I mean, what, but, what, but let me ask you this, right? Like, let's look at a little pointed here, like hundred years of tradition, but tradition can, tradition can peak and then just run a lull. How do we like take that? And sometimes like what I've seen in my 24 years in the fire service is like, we go on a high and then we go to a low and then maintain and then somebody's like, hey, let's fire this up again. Let's do this. And then the, all of a sudden it peaks and then it starts to, how do we maintain that? Or, or in your case, was it on a lull and do you take it to the next step? Like, hey, we need to do something again. We need to fire this thing off. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a constant battle. I mean, uh, there's going to be pushback in either directions at all the time. And I think like, you know, on a career side, a lot of it comes to do with hiring classes and, you know, for us, like the civil service, it's not all getting hired at the same time, but like everybody who's hired within like a, you know, two, three year period generally kind of groups together. And like, I'm now that there's a second class after me and I'm looking at it, you know, it, a lot of it comes to like, if you catch the guys, you know, early on in their career, whether it's their career guys or volunteer, you catch them when they're young, catch them when they don't have, you know, when they don't really know, like a lot of, a lot of guys by, you know, that we've hired, have no experience in the fire service that ever never done anything fire related they never you know watched brothers in battle they never you know never watched backdraft they had no idea you know and, and uh you catch them when they're at that stage and you just keep instilling that that mentality in them and uh you create the pride then they don't have any bad tendencies to fall back on if they only if they only know you know for us like for us it's hard because you can't teach a guy who's, you know, I, I'm not going to tell somebody who's been on a job for 15, 20 years what to do. And I'm not going to, you know, I can't tell them to change, you know, how things are. But then when you have new guys that come in, they don't know the old way, you know, they don't know, uh, they don't know these things. So you teach them the way, you know, teach them a lot of this pride and instill that in them. And they don't even have, they don't even have that. Uh, oh, you know, we, you know, we never did it this way. Like they don't have that. So, they just accept it as this is the way things are like this is, you know, this is a job that you need to take a lot of pride in, you know, and that's, I think that's what our fight is by us every day. It's just, and you know, sometimes it's a losing battle. I get my balls broken more times than not, you know, for it, but. Oh, I get it. I get at it. At the end of the day, I could care less, you know, because I'm passionate about it. And, and I've seen, you know, <laughs> I've seen it with some of the new guys, you know, and myself included, you know, I was, seen the change it's just in the past four years the change has been huge see I, I love that and I think I think a lot of that I get a lot of messages from from guys across the fire service truly it's it's unbelievable how many people lean out as um thinking that I'm somebody of a voice or a sound of reason and it's to me Pied Piper blows my what's that the Pied Piper 
Ah, no, I, I just, I think it's, it's people looking for somebody to communicate with and connect with. You know, we, not all of us are blessed to come from departments where there's support and structure and desires and wants and, and all of that. And so, you know, I, a lot of my conversations I have with them through text is just, it's infectious. If you love it and want it, keep doing what you do. If you keep doing what you do, and like Doug said, you know, you might get your balls broken or you might, you know, people might look down at you or might, people might not support you. You know what? That's okay. You keep the course, stay the course, push yourself to be better because it's, it's betterment of yourself. If your company doesn't want to be better and your department doesn't want to be better, then you're in a broken system and you're not going to fix the system until you get more support to stay the course and to better yourself means that it, it does become infectious. When you are pushing yourself every day and you're out there doing the reps, you're going to get one by one that are going to buy onto it. When we go into departments, it's funny because we get invited to departments all over the country. And we go into these fire departments and we start talking and typically we get invited in by the younger staff or the command staff that's a younger generation like Eller. Like Eller was very nice to have us in. And what was super cool about this, maybe Eller, I would love for you to hop on this conversation, is when we go in there, a lot of times the senior guys are away from the group. They don't have want fun, to. Have fun, Joe. They can, bye, Joe. Go get him, pal. <laughs> Um, I think he's, I think he should have hung up if he was going. Yeah. I told him he, te he no texted, time. he no texted time. me, no time. he texted me and said, <laughs> he's got to get his job. Oh, he put his coat on. Nah, I'll see you later guys. <laughs> hey, you're going to take us with him? I don't know how to don't leave. Wear... My wife may, we may see her next. <laughs> don't wear command jeans. Don't wear command jeans. Is his wife coming on the show? Is that what he's talking might. I don't know. Sharon might come his on. His kids are going to get in there? No. Truck goes. Oh, wait, I got a video. Here we go. Hang on. Oh, Nick, you, Nick, you just sent this to me, bro. Oh. I'll tell you right now, I know this, I know this strip very well. Uh, say goodnight. Steven's going. They had a good fire there in the early 2000s, though, no? Uh, Smith Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, it was Smith's <laughs> restaurant that went. In the early 2000s, I can't remember the early 2010s. And you're talking the early 2000s? Yeah, come on, man. Fires don't happen too often around here. <laughs> I can't remember what I did last week right now in homeschooling. I, you know, listen, I, I'm all, I'm all, I don't even know what, I, I heard it was April, by the way. I didn't even know it was April. <laughs> so, anyway, we're yeah. just guys, but. My my point of all this is, and I don't want to I don't want to keep going on because I know you guys have a lot to lot that you want to do. But um, where where I want to go with this um, is that you know there are people out there that don't have the ability to be in departments that like like mine where I cherish and enjoy being there and have support and people that want to be a part of it. Eller bailed out on me, so he must have ran out on a run too. Um, when we when we go to different places, we get senior guys that uh, you know. Um, don't want to be a part of the conversation. They they just don't buy into it. They're not into it, uh, and so on. Hi, Sharon. Um, so, uh, but the thing is, is though, as we go, it becomes more and more infectious. And as we go, the senior guy, twenty minutes into the conversation, comes out and joins in that conversation, and he wants to be a part of it because he sees what's happening for better, for the betterment, for the good. Um, and I love that. I, I think it's so important to broker that conversation between young and old. I think that's what helps build that culture. And that's what helps guys like Doug 
who are trying to make a difference and push and train every day, that it becomes infectious when you can get people behind you. And one by one, they sign on to that. They subscribe, man. If they see people that want to work, the rest of them are going to work. It's just how it works. You know what's interesting is, I think we're talking about this the other day. So I'm from Cape Town, South Africa, third world country on the opposite side of the world. The only exposure that I had to the American fire service was Hollywood. Uh, and then we get here. Oh, yeah. So we get here in 2005 and from knowing nothing, right? The guys from the outside that want to be firemen, we don't know the difference between smooth and fog and truck work and engine, what the difference is. The only thing that attracts us, the romance is the brotherhood, is the relationships, is the ball busting, is the family aspect. You come onto the job and learn all the topics and learn all the content, but before you crave the brotherhood. And so all the guys coming on, that's what they want. And that's what we're just trying to feed and nurture and nurture and seed is this is how the brotherhood lives. This is how it survives. Don't kill it. It's the universal language. Right. It is. Yeah. It is, Nick. Very much it is. I mean, it's just even now with Joe running out to a job and all of us are leaning in to look at the, the video and, and the pictures. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, you know, we're, we all love the fire. We all love going to work. We all love and putting ourselves to the test and we all loving, uh, you know, the camaraderie that goes with that. But on, on the back end of that is all the back steps. Um, that, that part of it, we take for granted. And I think that part of it gets damaged a lot. And we have to be sure that we hold all that to the highest standard because when all of that works and all of that is oiled up and ready to go, the rest of it works very well. Um, and I think that's super important. So I just, uh, you know, truly thank you. I mean, you guys, we've been going for like an hour and a half. I mean, I'm sure with a, with a, with a great group, we had a couple guys back out. I'm sure they had uh, runs to go on. Chevis was on the engine before he got on the engine. I'm sure Eller was working. So he probably just put a run. Joe ran out for a fire, but I just want to thank you guys. Um, you know, it means the world for Thank what you. we do and to be able to get you guys on um, to just kind of link you guys up in, in just, I love being the facilitator to be able to get like-minded people together um, and to share a story and for you guys to get to know each other. And hopefully outside of this conversation, you guys get to follow each other and get to know who each other are. Um, Cameron, real quick, just on your uh, platform, it is Up Valley. Would Just tell us your Instagram so these guys can make sure that you know, I want them to be, you know, watching what you're doing. Yeah, it's uh, Up Valley, uh, North like Little that little slash. So it's underscore, up, right? Up Valley underscore. Underscore. There it is. Uh, and up it, North End. Underscore. You weren't new. You had to have the North, underscore. It's, like it's the North Ender, right? Yeah, they they threw it in there. I didn't. What the underscore was. Okay. <laughs> so uh, just to let you guys know, like Instagram and social media is new to me in the last year. Like uh, so. Um, it, I'm still kind of struggling with it a little bit, like where I fit in it. But um, right now I'm a private account. So once I, once when I'm at home too, I also uh, delete my Instagram and then I download it again when I go back out. But so, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay on it all day. You know, if I'm, it takes up all my time. So I just, I delete the app now and I just, uh, 
So I download it when. Cameron, yeah, let me let me ask you this. I mean, I'm not trying to like leave this thing on for hours and hours here, but I'm just curious because you said you're new to it, right? Yeah. What was the draw for you to put up your training videos that you guys do? I'm curious. Again, I come from that safety culture, and now that I've uh, gone outside my sphere of influence, I've gone to a fire conference. I've it's from other states. Like the best thing that ever happened to me was going to a conference. Reaching out to other firemen from other places and be like, well, how do you do it? What's a new mindset? So I came back with all this passion. And the idea was I wanted I'm, I'm departments, but we all go to the same fire. So instead of us being a bunch of little departments, it's like, well, how can we all just, and that's where the Up Valley North enters. It's the Up Valley. It's the north end of Napa County. And we have something special. We all have this passion and we all want to work together. And so instead of us being a bunch of different we're kind of all one mission so when we show up we train together we play together we have this mindset and that was instagram was to show people that like hey hey this is what i'm going out to these classes i'm going to bring it back and then they instant buy it and so i love that and so you know that's i use wine. that's what, what's that seven seven years ago i was you when it came to instagram if that makes you not that i'm not that there's anything wrong with you getting onto it now but i was in the same boat as you well, that's so before social media, I thought I was original. Like, I really thought like, oh, look what I, and then I go over and I see Eller's doing it five years ago or, you know, or, you know, these guys are doing it. So like, I realized like nothing's new. I'm not original. Anything I say that's like good, I got it from somewhere else. Like, but it's really cool because now I could actually reach out and talk to guys from Clack, yes, Boise, out Jersey, you know. It's, it's so cool when, when you share What's when that? you share things that other people have shared already, but you still put your spin on it, yep. someone else learns from it. Someone from New Jersey, from Texas, from California, from wherever. It's a cool part of social media. And to be honest with you, being in it for as long as I've been, you actually miss the, the can I get it there, the bad part. I'll just use the word bad. But like you missed that downturn where it was like everybody in social media and the fire service was evil, right? That, that everybody was evil and we were all wrong. And I don't even know what, where that happened. You're in a good part now where we're up on the upscale and you can learn things. So it's and, cool. it just, and it's really yeah, February of last year. I like, I downloaded the app of Instagram. I made my first post. I'm like, I'm going to get fired. I was so scared because like Jeremy was talking about like selective enforcing. I don't know fit on that. I am pushing the line but it's worth it because I'm able to connect with you, you know, with, with, with Pip, with, with Jeremy, with Keller, with all these guys. If it wasn't for this tool, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything but the oldest guy in my department. Like that's it. So, and I, and I, I like, I cherish this because I come from an area in the Northeast where it's like, yeah, he's over there. He's over there. We know all the, all these guys, like we're, we're, we're almost like spoiled by the amount of national stage guys that we surround ourselves with. And I think, you know, Nick and Doug can especially speak to that because we all run in the same circles here. When, when Nick was in North Jersey, Doug's still here and so on. But it's incredible to be able to go somewhere and be like, oh, there's Mike Champa. Like, oh, yeah, I've known Mike. I've known Mike for 20 years. And it's like – and then you go to other places and people are like, – There's celebrities down here. And – and rightfully so, right? But the cool thing is, is they're not because they're just your regular guys. They've just been on the channels and have so much to offer. And, and that's the best part about this. So 
when Cameron talks about that and, and Gareth, you talk about that. I love that because this platform like Instagram allows for them to get their message out there and for you to connect. And when there's like-minded people all over the country that are looking for something more, this is a place that they can look and it's not bad. It's not detrimental. It can be very good. And when you can get like-minded people, Cameron, if we never, because of Instagram, like we were never met, like this wouldn't have happened. I would not know national fire radio. If you didn't post that picture at lunchtime I, or, or hashtag nap, I'm like, dude, Jeremy's coming. It's cool. He took a picture. Yeah, it's cool. And, and then like no one robbed over at uh, the leather place. Like it's just right. it's a small world. It is. And, but it all exists because of this. And I think that's the important message is that this whole thing, Instagram and social media and, you know, in these, in these zoom podcasts that we're doing now and all that really just brings it back to how good this job is. And we can use technology and platforms in a very traditional industry. We can use technology for the betterment of the industry. And I think more people need to subscribe to that and understand that. I really do. I think it's a home run. So, well, listen, we could go on and on. I'm sure you guys want to do something more than to stare at my face and the rest of these guys all night. But I mean, I just, I can't thank you enough. A couple guys bailed out already. I'm sure they had plenty of work to do and I'm a little jealous that they get to go to, you know, jobs and I'm sitting here in my spare bedroom of my house drinking a, you know, a beer, but I'll tell you, man, this means the world. Um, Nick, I know you're working. Thanks pal for checking in. Um, congratulations on your 12, dude. I, I know what that means for you and, and the guys down there. So, um, fantastic, pal. I, I, Hopefully you get it dirty tonight. Yeah. Hey. If you guys, uh, Cameron and, and Pip and Gareth, if you guys aren't familiar with Christiana Fire in Delaware, um, follow them on Instagram and, uh, and find Nick, too. Uh, Christiana does. Lombardo's Fire Department? What's that? From uh, Mike Lombardo Works? Yeah. Yeah, I took a class with them. Awesome dude, man. That's <laughs> man. I love it. Man. Cameron, yeah, these guys, they do a lot of work, man. These guys do a lot of work. Um, check them out on Instagram. Um, they post all their work. There's Pip and his crew. Um, but, uh, Nick, thanks, man, for checking in tonight, bro. I, I hope to get together with you soon. Um, miss you and be safe down there. Doug, thank you. Let me know, you guys. Nice to meet yeah. you, man. Thanks, thanks pal. Doug, thanks, man, for uh, checking in. I know this is like a late minute, like, hey, man, hop in with us, but um, I hope all you guys connect outside of here, too. Um, you know, I think you all bring the same to the table. Um, Gareth, thanks, man, for checking in from Texas tonight. Um, means the world. You and I. I'll have... be a bench warmer on your crew any day. You're out of here. <laughs> You're out of here. Can, I, can we do this again? Yeah, we can do this anytime you want. I don't care. I mean, I got nowhere to be. Everybody's got everything. There's nothing else to do. the firehouse, you're home. So it's like, what are you, what are you going to do? I got a bunch of yard work if you guys want to do it. I got plenty backyard, of just swinging it back. I just plenty of room. I just put ten pounds of seed down. I built a house, and I've got no yard. So your house is gorgeous, by the way. I saw pictures of it. I can't wait to come down and stay in your bedroom. Hey, it's all yours. You stay in the spare. I'll take yours. That that's fine too. I thought you wanted to stay in his bedroom with him for a second there. No, I didn't, on, I didn't know what, what, where you were getting at with that, buddy. He's not my type. I don't like glasses. All right. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> I got a big bed for the both of us. Jesus. Big boy friendly. Uh, Gareth, you got to go. You creep me out now. Um, <laughs> I got enough wine. Can we get the Napa guy to bring some wine? We could do that. We could do that. But you're scaring him, too. So, 
Cameron, thanks, brother. It means the world, man. I, uh, I truly, truly inspired by you with, with the content you put up and the hustle that you guys do on a daily basis out there. It's awesome, brother. Keep up the good work, man. Um, I thank you for just taking a few hours out of your day to uh, hang out with us here. Man, it means the world. Honored. Cool. Real cool. And uh, Mr. Pepero. Yes, sir. I said it right, by the way. I'm very proud of you. I do. Very proud of you for that. Finally. Thanks for hopping in, pal. Appreciate yeah, it. No worries, man. This is cool. I like doing so, fire stuff. Guys, you know. thank you. On a Sunday night, it's 10 o'clock here. I'm sure everybody wants to cut out, but um, thank you, Nick. Be safe on your tour tonight. And the rest yeah. of you guys, man, means the world. Um, friendships like this, you can't make it up, dude. People, A lot of people don't understand um, the connections and the friendships that we make in this business, and this is what it's all about. So I thank you all for hopping in and taking time out of your day to do this. Um, be safe. Take care. Thank you. And if we can help you guys with anything, you know how to find us. And uh, we appreciate it all. So thanks. Have a good night. Be later, safe. Guys. Good night. See you later, guys. Thanks. See you later. later.